quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. You know what I don't miss at all? The vicious week before my period. I always used to feel like I was walking in quicksand and craving the most unhealthy of foods. My sleep was always off and my moods were unpredictable. Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. And the biggest benefit, feeling like myself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 14,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off the entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code PEACE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code PEACE for 15% off today. When our kids are born, we have expectations as to how our family will interact. What we certainly aren't ready for are the struggles we encounter with the people we love the most. We are here for the parent who feels like they've tried it all, for the parent who feels like they have to yell to be heard, for the parent who is tired of timeouts and kids fighting all day. We are here for you. We believe when parents feel supported and heard, they are able to come to parenting more centered. We offer tools to navigate the messiness of life with kids. We are Peace in Parenting. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Gemma and I'm here with Michelle. Hi Gemma, how are you? Doing well. I'm excited to talk about triggers, yelling, detriggering ourselves. Yes, I think that's been really hard for me. Um, I think that's been my biggest work and I we did some self-care episodes and I think that's kind of what I think of detriggering our triggers as, as of self-care yeah. and that there's a really good way to do it. Well, there's, I don't know if there's a good way. I like to do it a certain way. And I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about where those triggers kind of come from and how our parenting really ignites those triggers that we may not have dealt with before, because there's nothing like parenting to bring up some of your worst personality attributes. Yes. I don't know why that is, but it, I think you're just like, you start off parenting the most tired you've ever been and you like never catch up. So you're constantly triggered. Well, I think that too. I think that's definitely part of it. We're run down, we're tired, we're breastfeeding or we're working all the time. We've got little kids. Often we have more than one little kid and it's really, really exhausting. And so if you're not, if you're not fully resourced and if you're not doing well, you're already, you know, coming at a deficit. Mm -hmm. But for me, what I've found now is when I am parenting and in my head, I start to think I want to yell. I want to scream. I want to shame. I want to punish. I want to do all these things. I stop for a second and I ask myself, why, why is it that I want to come this way to the most precious people in my world? Why is it I am not able to see their behavior as just a behavior, but as something that I have to extinguish? I have to put it out. I have to make it go away and I have to teach them a lesson. Where does that come from for me? And every single time I think about it, it comes from my childhood. When I really stop to think about it, it's how I was treated as a kid. 
I was told to, told to stop. My feelings weren't listened to. I was yelled at. I was shamed and I was embarrassed when I did a behavior that was unacceptable to my parents. So when I see those behaviors, I go to that place because that is my, that's in my fiber. I've been taught that through organic modeling. My parents have modeled that for me. And when things get dicey, that's where I go. So if I can stop and say, why? Why are you feeling this way? Why can't you just see your kids misbehavior as disconnection? When I know deep in my soul, that's what it is. I've read about it. I've worked on it for years. I teach it, but I still, my initial thought is I'm going to yell at everybody. So when I can stop and say, okay, why am I thinking that? And then I put a note in my phone and then I go later back to my journal and I start journaling about those feelings. And I really journal about, you know, how did it feel and where did it come from? And, and what was happening for me in those moments when I was yelled at, like, what did it feel like to be yelled at because you snuck out of the house? What did it feel like to be yelled at because you accidentally dropped your fork on the wood floor and it made a huge bang in during dinner and your dad lost his mind? Like, what did that feel like? It felt so sad and embarrassing and awful and icky, like I was a horrible person for dropping my fork. And when I can dive into that and cry about it and be upset about it and then start to like get it out of my system, that's when I can move my trigger. That's when my trigger no longer has a hold on me. And then in those moments too, I start journaling like how I felt this way. Is this how I want my child to feel? Is this how I've made my child feel? Is this my goal in my parenting world is to make my child feel this way? And obviously it's not. But when I go back to my own childhood and feel the old little girl inside of me, it helps me better relate to my kid because they're, you know, they're little kids too. And they don't want to feel like that. I didn't want to feel like that. So I think that's really like getting to your trigger. I was just going to say, I think this for me is where my biggest work lies. Like what I have not fully, I think you've come out on the other side and I'm still in the thick of that part because I, I am not on the other side, but you're, I mean, I just mean you're more dedicated to working on that. <laughs> like that's what I need to dedicate myself. Well, to. I think what's happened is I'm out of the weeds, right? My kids yeah. aren't breastfeeding and, and they're sleeping through the night and everything. And so, and also I've been doing connective parenting for a long time and I've been, you know, mantras and self-care and all this stuff and like getting myself through it. But then I'm like, why do my triggers still after all this work, why do they still have a hold on me? Why is this still coming up for me after all this time and all this work? And that's what I've come to realize is that is where they're really coming from is all those old hurts. Because even when I was talking to you about it, like I started to get teary eyed, like I remember distinctly feeling so inferior and shamed so many and God bless my parents. I mean, I love them and they really tried and they did the best they could. But, you know, there were things that weren't that stuck with me. Right. And right. I, I. I want to, I want to get rid of them. I want to be able to forgive them. As you were talking, I was getting teary eyed too. And then I was thinking about different stuff that I've done, like even just to my siblings that was modeled to me because I was so triggered like as a kid. And when Dan and I were going to therapy after the miscarriage, I remember asking the therapist, I was like, so how do you not mess up your kids? And she was like, don't worry about it. Everybody's going to have something for the couch. And I was like, it kind of made me feel better kind of worse but like really I mean we're all just doing the best we can I'm saying that in response to like our parents because really like 
just a different culture back then where now I think people are much more open-minded and we're all trying to work on our triggers in different ways. Yeah. I don't, you know, we don't want to shame them, but we also don't want to deny how we felt. Yeah. And I think there's, there's a duality to that. I think a lot of people believe like, well, if I talk about my childhood and how bad it was and everything, then I'm shaming my parents. And I remember when I first started posting stuff on Facebook and whatnot, and my dad was like, oh, I see. I see how this is going to go down. You're just, oh, oh, just no. embarrass your father. And I was like, I'm not embarrassing you. I swear to God, I'm just trying to have my own experience around it. And I love you. But like, this is you. Talk, why don't you post some stuff about your parents and your yeah. childhood? Very similar, I think, you know, <laughs> probably worse. Yeah. And I, you know, it's it's OK to honor your feelings without dishonoring your folks. Yeah. And I think that's really important. I don't want to dishonor them in, in the least, but I do also also want to make my feelings valid and recognized and I can recognize them myself. And the other thing is, too, is listening partnerships with um, hand in hand parenting where you can talk about how it felt as a kid. You can talk about all of those upsets that were happening when you were a child. And I remember this one time in particular. I don't know if I've talked about this or not, but I my parents got divorced when I was around eight. And when Esme turned eight, for whatever reason, I got really tough and stern with her. Like I wanted her to. And I was about a year into hand in hand parenting. I was like, I wanted her to come home and do her homework and clean her room. And I had all these expectations of her and she needed to get it together because she was eight. And my, yeah. my listening partner was like, um, what happened to you when you were eight? <laughs> oh my gosh. And I just started crying and saying, oh my gosh, my parents got divorced and I had to take care of my sister so much. It was back and forth from this house to that house and doing all these things. And I had to grow up so quickly. And so I would just had this weird expectation of her because it was ingrained in my own psyche and I didn't even know it. And when I could talk to her about it, I began to begin to be able to loosen up with Esme. Mm -hmm. And I think it's giving yourself the time and space to really dive into that stuff and not be scared of it. And not just, you know, like I used to do like yoga it away, you know, like I mean, what I'm doing like, right now. Yeah, that's okay. We all have our process, you know, and it's like, I, I only I yoga it away until a few years ago, where I was like, I gotta, you know, I gotta figure this out. Because there's no amount of yoga that can make it go away, <laughs> unfortunately. Yes, this is huge. This is so huge for me. <laughs> I need this. I think I had every to, like the other day I was so triggered. I left my kids downstairs, shut my bedroom door, shut my closet door and just like screamed at the top of my lungs because I was like, I need to yell. Like I can't hold it in. Good. I have to yell at somebody. <laughs> I didn't want to take it out on them. But when I get to that place, that's when I'm like, I don't know how to fix this for myself. And I think that's what it is, is working on my own triggers and expectations of them and why it's so important that they act a certain way. Mm -hmm. I'm just not fully there. I need to get there. But you're getting there, though. Yeah. Yeah. And you can scream in your closet. And I've done that. <laughs> I mean, do you remember that Sex in the City episode where um, what's her face? Which one of the? No, the really yeah. conservative one. Oh, Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte had the two kids and they were baking and they were oh, like, there was flour the everywhere. And she yeah. goes to the pantry and she's like, ah! I was like, oh, yes, that's me. That's so good. <laughs> Whoever wrote that had to be a mom. Yes. Oh, my God. But gosh. I feel like that's okay. Let's scream and yell and get it out. We have rage. We do a lot of work. This is really hard. This is no joke. Mm -hmm. And 
we're allowed to have our feelings around it, whether it be yelling in the pantry or, you know, yelling at your listening partner or whatever it is. But you got to get that stuff out because it will eat you alive. Mm-hmm. Really will. It'll build your triggers up even more. Yeah, I do. Um, Marco Polo, you know, the app Marco Polo. I made yeah. you get it. So we yeah, can talk like, on there. But, I like it. Um, my friend and I will just like free flow vent, like say whatever we feel like no matter how negative about our kids or whoever. And then half the time I just delete them. So she never even watches them, but just to like say it out loud and release it into the world. And I'm like, I don't know why, but for me that does it sometimes. Good. And I've heard people write letters to people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've written letters to all kinds of people I've never and sent. Don't send them. Oh, that's no, good. but it feels good, right? I wrote a letter to my stepmom once and just like <laughs> never, never sent it, but <laughs> I still have it. So she might be getting that. Oh, sick. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it feels good to get it out. But, you know, um, I'd say like work on your triggers. I'd like to do a whole, I'm doing a workshop. I don't know when this episode is going to air because we're so far ahead of the game, Mm -hmm. but I am trying to do a workshop on this, like really getting to that stuff. And, um, and I think that's going to be my work moving forward with, with people and clients is like getting to the triggers. I think that's like my newfound, like passion. Finding the root of them. Yeah. Yeah. Finding all of that. And, you know, it could be yelling. It can be shame. It could be belittling. It can be lecture. It's whatever we go to, but it's like, it doesn't matter what our, our medium is, you know, it doesn't matter if we're a yeller or if we're a punisher or if we're a shamer or if we're a lecturer or a reasoner, all of those things come with strings and we just have to find out where those strings are and start cutting them. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. try not to pass them on. That's my biggest thing is I don't want them to go forward. Like I want to be the cycle breaker here (laughs) yeah like we don't have to yell to be heard in this house but that's right mommy still yells (laughs) that's okay and I mean I really do believe that is okay my best friend told me that I called her I even called her recently I was like I yelled at Desmond and she's like it's okay you're okay that's part of life she's gonna be okay Mm -hmm. you don't do it all the time you just try to do better and I'm like you're right it's okay but you know it, it it's it's okay but we do have to try to do better. Yeah. And we can do better and we will make a better world if we have people who their go-to isn't to shame, blame, ridicule, or yell. So that's my plug for that. I think you see it in the sibling relationship too. If you yell or if you're shaming, it comes right back at you. Like with the big brother, the little brother shaming the other one. (laughs) Yeah. I hate that. That for me helps me move forward and be better because when I see that, I'm like, nope, I cannot yep. have this. Like, I'm not doing that. I got yeah. better than that. You know what I tell my kids, too? I've told them in the past, and I sh- I'm going to tell them again, actually, right now. Um, I tell them, if mommy yells at you, you have a right to say, oh, yeah. mommy, you cannot yell at me. You are not allowed to yell at me. I need to start that. That would yeah. be amazing. To be held it's accountable. A, it's a really good one to see your little kid say to you, mommy, don't yell at me. You're like, oh, dang. And... <laughs> When you tell them that, it really is a good um, deterrent because it's it's not a good thing to feel. It's nothing yeah. you want to feel is your kid saying that to you. But if they do, you just immediately apologize and you move forward and you try to do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's big for me because Dan's gone so much with his job that usually when I yell, it's when he's gone. And so there's literally yeah. nobody there to say you're acting in a way you cannot act. Yeah. You know, so... I need to make them hold me accountable. They're old enough to do it too. Yeah. The, oh, 
for sure. They're old enough once they start talking. Yeah, they really are. They can do it. (laughs) And they will. Too, even when I, if I, the yelling is directed at Caleb and then I look over at Jonah, his little eyes get so big and he looks so sad. And I'm like, oh my God, it's not just like the one I'm, I'm yelling at both, even though I'm not, it's just horrible. They say, I think scientists and psychologists say that um, yelling affects those who witness it just as much as it affects those who it's happening to. And and it's hard for them, too, because then they feel guilty and sad and mm-hmm. to, to see that happen. Yeah. So, yeah, I know Pia really is affected if I yell. She's more upset than Esme. Even if I yell at Esme, Pia's more upset than Esme is. Yeah, I feel like Esme would be like Caleb where she's like, Esme's tough, man. She'll just be like, I'll yell at you right back. (laughs) Pia will just like withdraw and be so sad that anyone's yelling at anyone because she gets scared. It scares her. She's told me it scares her. To see someone out of control is really, I remember being really afraid of that because then it feels like the world is crashing down. Like if you're out of control, then I'm out of control. Then we're all out of control. Like nobody's safe anymore. Well, yeah, that's your stable person and your stable person is letting their triggers get to them to the point where they're losing control, like you said, then that's a scary place for a kid to be mm-hmm. because they're in control right now. They're in control because they're only one. They're the only one They're They're pushing you to get out of control. And so they're in control of the situation. They don't necessarily want to be. And the only way to, for us to maintain control is to be calm. And even when everything's gone haywire, but that's the really hard part is to stay calm when we have all these childhood triggers just rumbling inside of us. So when you feel the urge to yell, do you walk away or you just do all this in your head? You try to work on it. I do something different every time, I think, because every situation is different because I feel differently every single time. Some days I'm super resourced and I can just be calm and come with love and give hugs Mm-hmm. And when I can do that, that's like golden for me. Then I'm like, I'm on top of my game. <laughs> there are some days when I am not resourced enough and I have had enough and I can't do that. And so I walk away. Then there are other days where I can just stand there and say, I can come with love. I can come with love. I can do this. I can be calm. So I think for me, it's using all of those just in, in different times, depending on how I feel or how resourced I am or how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But those are kind of my go-tos: coming with love and kindness, coming with play, you know, telling me myself my mantras, walking away if I have to, and not engaging. And in the worst-case scenario, I end up yelling. I hate when that's the one. I know, but it happens. It does happen. It happens. Well, I'm gonna get on the journaling. This whole episode, episode, I feel a little tense. Like right now, I feel a little bit triggered just talking about it. You know, so mm-hmm. obviously there's something there for everyone. Yeah, for all of us, our childhoods were not perfect. Yeah, they, they weren't. But I think it's good. Well, you have to take the workshop. Yes, I'm going yeah. to. Yeah, it's. I think it'll be good. I'm working on the curriculum now, so I think it'll be really good. Yeah, that's gonna be amazing. But for now, just anybody that wants to join the Facebook group, because that is a huge, I mean, there's so many resources. There are so many people. Michelle's in there talking. That's a really yeah. good place to be until yeah, the workshop is. happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And maybe if the workshop will happen, then we can relaunch it again, too. Who knows? I don't yeah. know how any of this works. I'm working. I have <laughs> no idea. I'm making up things in my head, and I'm saying them right now, but it's all happening. <laughs> it's amazing, though. We're just figuring it out one day at a time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. I think that's it. Is there anything else? No, I think we're good. So we'll be back next week. Everyone work on their triggers until then. Yeah. Let us know how it goes and like, like, and subscribe and, and leave us a little comment. We like them. It makes us feel good.
And the other thing I was going to say, too, is that in my classes, in my parenting classes and in my six week course, we spend the last like 10 minutes, 15 minutes talking about our childhood and talking about our triggers. And I really like encourage my students to really get in there and talk about that stuff. So if you took a six week course, you would get that six different times. And it's pretty powerful, I think. I think I thought it was really powerful for me. So keep that in mind, too. If that's something you want to do, you can always find me at peaceandparentingla.com. Yeah, that was amazing. That was the beginning for me. Yeah, (laughs) it's so good. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.